You're listening to the Born Again Biker Podcast, where we discuss real practical Christianity, what the Bible actually says about stuff, and how it applies to the biker community. I'm your host, Pastor Chris Dwelly. They call me Mouthpiece around here. Welcome to the discussion. Let's rock. What's up, everybody? It's Pastor Chris. That's right. It's Mouthpiece from Victory Biker Church, Maine, and you're listening to the Born Again Biker Podcast. I'm sitting here reading my Bible today, and God's got me in the book of Jeremiah. And I'll tell you, I'm reading in Jeremiah 5. It's this warning for God's people. And I see so much of this applying to to the world today. So what I want you to do is grab your Bible. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 20, and we're going to read to the end. It says, Make this announcement to Israel, and say this to Judah. Listen, you foolish and senseless people, with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, define the ocean's sandy shoreline as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they they can never pass the boundaries I have set. But my people have have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned away and abandoned me. They, don't say, they do not say from the heart, Let us live in awe of the Lord our God, for he gives us rain each spring and fall, assuring us that a, of a harvest the time, when the time is right. Your wickedness and, has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all of these good things. Among my people are wicked men who lie in wait for victims like a hunter hiding in a blind. They continually set traps to catch people like, like a cage filled with, filled with birds. Their homes are filled with evil plots. And now they are great and rich. They are fat and sleek. And there is no limit to their wicked deeds. They refuse to provide justice to orphans and deny the rights of the poor. Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? A horrible and shocking thing has happened in this land. The prophets give false prophecies, and the priests rule with an iron hand. Worse yet, my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? All right, church, let's pick this apart. So let's go back to verse 20. God says he needs all of Israel and all of Judah. So basically what he's saying is, world, take notice. I have something to say, and I want all of the world to hear what it is that I've got to say. And then he starts calling people out. He says, listen, you foolish and senseless people. You people that don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. People that are willfully blind to God's ways, willfully deaf to God's voice. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about the people that have willfully fallen away and said, you know what, guys, I'm not interested in what God says. I'm going to do this my own way. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try my own way. You know, as much as God's way works, I think I can do it better. Or, you know, I just don't want to follow those rules. So I'm going to do it my way. God says, you're willfully blind and you're willfully deaf. And verse 22, 
verse 22, it says, have you no respect for me? Okay. We should be respecting God for who he is. He is the creator of all things. He is the beginning and the end. He says, why don't you tremble in my presence? Let me ask you this, church. When was the last time you recognized in your life that you have a healthy and reverent fear of God? When was the last time you looked at God as a savior? Yes. But the fact that at the blink of an eye, at the snap of a finger, God could end everything. He could get fed up with the corruption of this world like he has in the past and end it all. When was the last time you, you had reverence for God? When was the last time you were in God's presence and you trembled in his presence because he is God? It says here that God is the one that defined the ocean's shoreline and created that boundary that the waters couldn't cross. You want to talk about all-powerful. Try stopping water. Pour some water and try to stop it. You can't. It's going to go somewhere. But God did. God said, don't go any further than here. And that's exactly what it does. But the waves may toss and roar, but they can't pass the boundaries. So no matter how hard things toss, turn, fight against you, they can only go so far. Okay? They can only go so far. But in verse 23, in verse 23, it starts to say that my people have a stubborn and rebellious heart. They've turned away and abandoned me. They've turned away and abandoned me. So what he's talking about here is he's talking about how the nation of Israel, how people you know, in this world have stopped looking to, for, to him for their guidance. They start looking to government and they start looking to you know, science and they start looking to their own understanding or man's understanding and they've rebelled against God and stopped saying, God, we need you to show us what to do. Because it says here, right in verse 24, they don't say from the heart, let us live in awe of our God. Because he gives us rain in the spring and the fall. And he's going to give us the harvest when the time is right. God plants seeds and he waters it. And he gives us times of growth and he gives us times of, of nurturing and he feeds us spiritually. And when that time is right, he gives us a harvest. But it says in verse 25, your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. When we start looking on our own ways and we start walking in our own ways, we as a human being, our nature is wickedness because we have sin in our lives. God doesn't. We have sin in our lives. We are flawed people. 
So our wickedness, it's taken away the blessings of God. So when, when we're walking in our own way, when we're, we're trying to do things in our own light, we rob God of blessing us with, with these wonderful things, with that season of harvest. Sin has robbed you of all of the good things. It says here that among my people are wicked men who lie in wait for victims like a hunter hiding in a blind. They continually set traps that catch people. And you know, this is true here. In the Christian world, this is going to be a very unpopular thing right now I'm about to say here. But in the Christian world, there are wicked men and women. There are wicked people that are just out there to seek, kill, and destroy because they are they are basically Satan's minions that have infiltrated the Christian church. And I hate to say it that way, but if you're not working for God, you're working for Satan. And what they've done is they've infiltrated Christianity and they've sowed seeds of discontent and they've sowed seeds of division. And it's just, it's it's so sad because instead of, listening again to God, what we've done is we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe this guy did say this and I shouldn't have to like him anymore. No, that's not true. That's not true. But anyways, there are people in our faith. There are people in Christianity that are here lying in wait and setting traps to specifically snare people and, and make people stumble and question their faith because when they stumble and when they fall and they don't pick themselves back up, Satan wins. Satan wins. When you stumble and you fall and you get back up, that's when Jesus wins. Let's skip down just a little bit. They refuse to provide justice to orphans and they deny rights to the poor. Let's face it. God has called us to take care of the least of these. The Bible talks about widows and orphans a lot and the poor. And, you know, here's the deal. When, when you talk biblically about widows, orphans, taking care of the poor, these were the least of these. These were people that were lower than low. They were lower than slaves in, the, in this time. And that's because they didn't have anybody that else was, that, that was going to take care of them. So when we start talking about people in the church that are refusing to provide for the least of these, people that are like, oh yeah, hey, I know you guys are going out and you're, you're, you're making up backpacks for homeless people. I'd love to be able to give to that but I really just don't want to because I know they're going to take that stuff and they're going to use it for something different. It's not up to you to decide what people use stuff for. It's up to you to provide for the least of these. That's what God calls us to do. But as, as we skip down here, God starts talking about, well, should I punish them? Should I avenge myself against people that think this way? And you know what? He, he probably should. But in his grace, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't act out against us because he knows we're sinful. He knows that he wants to give people another chance. He wants to give people another opportunity to come back and be like, you know what? 
wow, what was I thinking? I really should be doing these things that God is saying to do. But as we move on, in verse 30, it says, A horrible and shocking thing has happened in this land. The prophets give false prophecies and the priests rule with an iron hand. And church, I got to tell you, this is true more than it's not. This is true more than it's not. People, people say so many different times and in so many different ways, I feel like God is telling me this. When God didn't actually say that, you know, it's, they're, they're speaking on God's behalf out of their own personal knowledge. And that's, that's, not, that's not a prophecy from God. And priests, the, the, the church, the pastors, the, the leaders, the church leadership of this day and age, they do rule with an iron fist. And Victory Biker Church is, is very, very different when it comes to that. At least, you know, it, it, what, what we do is we make our big decisions by committee. You know, we as the body of our church, we sit down and say, hey, look, you know, we've got this going on. And every member gets a say. Everybody that is a member of our church gets a say. This is where we're at. And, you know, that, that, that means we aren't ruling with an iron hand. It, it's not my responsibility as a pastor to say, this is what the church is going to do. Because I'm not the church. It is up to the church to decide this is what we're going to do. It is up to the church because... I'm just, honestly, I'm a support system for the saints. It's not up to me to make people go in a certain direction. Yes, the church has a vision, but it's not up to me to force people to go in a direction that they don't want to go. It's up to me to educate and lift you up and empower you to go into the direction that God has called you to go. But lastly here, the last part of this, it says, worse yet, my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? And honestly, you know, look around at the American church right now. Look around. These are people that want to just come, put their time in, be told what to do, where to stand, how to sit, when to kneel, when to, you know, what ministry that they're allowed to be part of. They like it this way. They like it where they're getting their, they're being controlled by a church board and they like to be controlled by the pastor up front. He's going to give them the knowledge that they need. They don't need to read it out for themselves. He's going to give them what they need to know. If it, if he doesn't, if it's wrong from him, it's his fault that he taught it, right? True. But the Bible says that we're supposed to study things out for ourselves. We should not be satisfied with, with church leadership that rules with an iron fist. And that's why we don't do it. God doesn't call us to do that. But what will you do when the end comes? When it's all said and done, church, and we have to answer for our walks and we have to answer for what we've done, what are you going to do? Are you going to be able to stand with your head held high and your shoulders back and say, Jesus, this is how I lived for you. This is how I shared the Holy Spirit that lives in my life. This is what I did. Or are you going to be like, oh, but I, you know, I, I prophesied for you and I did all of these things and Jesus says, I don't know you. 
What are you going to do when the end comes? I want to stand there and I want to be able to give account for all of the teachings that I've given you guys. I want to give account for all of the great things that we as a church have done. I want to give account for the people that we've baptized and the souls that were saved because we weren't afraid to tell people the truth instead of a denominational doctrine. That's what we're going to do in the end. I love you guys. I'm going to leave that right there. Sorry that that was kind of an all over the place rant, but that's what I got today. I love you guys. See you tomorrow. God bless you all.